Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast in collaboration with the Conservative Yeshiva in Jerusalem. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about the Conservative Yeshiva, please visit conservativeyeshiva.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Daily Daf Differently. I am Rabbi Barry Chesler, and today's Daf is Masechet Chagiga Kaf, Tractate Chagiga 20. Today, we conclude the second chapter of our Masechet and begin the third and final one. Yesterday's Daf ends with the observation of Rav Mari that Chulin, which has been purified according to the standard of Kodesh, is just like Kodesh, and the Talmud asks the question, Mimai, how do we know this? The meaning of the statement refers to a discussion in Masecha Chulin about the status of Chulin, which is treated like Kodesh. One opinion holds that this Chulin becomes just like Kodesh, meaning that it can not only become impure, but transmit impurity to that which comes into contact with it, while the other opinion holds that this is not the case that one cannot change the status of Chulin on his own. Rav Mari obviously holds by the first view. An answer to the question of how he learns it is that the Mishnah does not teach a separate level. As Rashi explains, the Mishnah does not have the teaching that the clothes of the Prushim who eat Chulin prepared as Chulin are Midras for those who eat it prepared as if it were Kodesh. Thus we deduce that this Chulin is in the category of Kodesh which has already been taught in the Mishnah. This view is challenged with the suggestion that the reason that this is not taught separately is because this chulin might be compared to truma, which has already been taught, or it might be compared to chulin, which has also already been taught. For we learn in the Mishnah Torah wrote that chulin, which has been prepared as if it were Kodesh, is still chulin. Rabbi Elazar ben Sadok asks, is it not similar to truma? But rather, we learn in the Seifa, the end of the Mishnah, Yossi ben Yoeser was a chassid in the priesthood, yet his napkin was considered midras for Kodesh. Yochanan ben Gogeda used to eat everything in a state of the purity of Kodesh all his days, yet his napkin was considered midras for the ashes of the red heifer. For the red heifer, yes, but for Kodesh, no. Therefore, he holds a hulin, which has become pure by the standards of Kodesh, is just like Kodesh. The last sugya of the chapter begins with the statement of Rabbi Yonatan ben Elazar. If a person's cloak falls off him and he says to his friend, give it to me, and he gives it to him, it becomes impure. Rabbi Yonatan ben Amram says, if clothes for Shabbat become exchanged with weekday clothes, so that one inadvertently puts on Shabbat clothes, they become impure. Says Rabbi Elazar bar Sadok, there is a case of two women friends who exchange their clothes in the bathhouse. The matter came before Rabbi Akiva, who declared them impure. Rabbi Oshaya objects. If one put his hand in a basket to take out wheat bread, but takes out barley bread instead, has this become impure? And if you say yes, what about the brighter that says that the one who guards the flask thinking it is wine and discovers it is oil, it is pure and not impure? According to your reasoning, consider the seifa, which says that the oil may not be consumed? Why should this be so? 
Rabbi Yirmiyah explains that the guarding an item that is not what one thinks is a valid guarding. And the Bright is discussing a case where the guard says, I guarded it from something that would render it Tameh, not from something that would merely invalidate it. The Talmud wants to know, is such a partial guarding valid? And the answer is yes. But there is another Baraita which says that if one put his hand in a basket containing figs, and the basket is on his shoulder, and a shovel is in the basket, and his mind was on the basket to guard but not on the shovel, the basket is pure, but the shovel is impure. But is the basket pure? Let the shovel make it impure. But a utensil cannot render impure another utensil. So let him make impure what is in the basket. Ravina said, we're talking about a case where one says I guarded it from something that would make it impure, but not from something that would make it invalid. In any case, there is a difficulty. Further, Rabbi Baravuha objected with a case where a woman came before Rabbi Ishmael and said to him, Rabbi, this article of clothing I wove in purity, but I did not have it in mind to guard it in purity. As a result of the questioning which Rabbi Ishmael object, subjected the woman to, she said to him, Rabbi, a woman in Nida pulled down the rope with me, referring to the loom she used to weave. Rabbi Ishmael said, How great are the words of the sages, who said if one had it in mind to guard it, it is Tahor, but if not, it is Tameh. In another case, a woman came before Rabbi Ishmael and said, Rabbi, I wove this cloth in a state of purity, but I did not have it in mind to guard it. As a result of the investigation to which Rabbi Ishmael subjected her, she said to him, Rabbi, a thread was cut, and I tied it by using his, my mouth. Again, Rabbi Ishmael said, How great are the words of the sages, who said, If one had in mind to guard it, it is tahor, but if not, it is impure. This is okay for Rabbi Elazar Bar Tzadok. In these cases, both men could say, My friend is the wife of Anam Haaretz, and, divert her and diverts her attention from guarding the garment, so it is considered Tameh. For Rabbi Yochanan ben Amram also, since one guards Shabbat clothes more than weekday clothes, one diverts one's attention from them. But for Rabbi Yonatan ben Elazar regarding the shawl when dropped, let the owner guard it while it is in his fellow's hand. Rabbi Yochanan said the presumption is that a person doesn't guard what is in the hand of his neighbor. No? But well, we learned in the Baraita that donkey drivers and workers were carrying the owner's pure items. Even if he separates from them by more than a meal, they retain their status of pure. But if he says, go, and I will follow after, as soon as they disappear from sight, the items are considered tamay. What is the difference in the two cases? Rabbi Yitzchak ben Nafka says that the first case is when the owner purifies the workers for the sake of carrying his pure merchandise. So this should apply to the Seifa also. But Anam Haaretz is not so punctilious about touching his fellow workers. Should this not apply to the Reisha too? Because he comes in a circuitous way, the owner that is, they are not sure when he will come, so they are more careful. And in the Seifa, since he says to them, Go and I will follow, they rely on their judgment that he will not be close by. And thus ends the chapter. The rest of the daf is the beginning of the Mishnah for the third chapter, which discusses the stringencies of Kodesh relative to Truma, of which there are ten. One may immerse a vessel inside another vessel with Truma, but not with Kodesh.
The parts of the vessels are considered discrete, meaning the inside, outside, and sphita, whereas for Kodesh it is considered one vessel. One who carries a midras may carry truma. The garments of those who eat truma are midras for those who eat Kodesh. The laws of interposition are different, since for Kodesh one unties, dries, and immerses, and afterward ties, but with truma one may tie and afterwards immerse. Utensils finished in a state of truma, tara, require immersion for use with Kodesh, but not with truma. A vessel joins with what is in it for Kodesh, but not for truma. The Ravii in the case of Kodesh is unfit, whereas for truma it is only the Slishi. With truma, one's two hands are separate, that is, one can remain pure if the other becomes impure. And finally, one may eat dry truma with contaminated hands, but not Kodesh. Until tomorrow. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epichorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.